This program contains adult content. Is there a God? A big atheist. Really? What, am I an idiot? Come on. That yes, it would be nice if you could throw your sins and your responsibilities on someone else. But it's not true. It looks like far left lunacy. I don't believe that it's true that religion is moral or ethical. You don't need to follow anybody! It's not human intelligence! If someone doesn't value logical consistency, what logical argument are you going to give them that will demonstrate that they should? Welcome to the Godless Revolution. Today is Monday, June 11th. This is episode 210. I am Dan Ellis. I'm Ryan Duffy. I'm Ryan Duffy. Hey, that's a good that's a good miming. There are yeah. enough Ryan Duffys in the world. No, there isn't. <laughs> there need to be more mustachioed dudes just fucking hanging about. Making making drinks in their yeah. 1920s bartender attire. But yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna play that one up. There couldn't be anyone quite like Ryan. <laughs> no, there couldn't. <laughs> what do you guys have been doing over the last week? I got to shoot a really big gun on Saturday. Oh, I saw your video of that. Was yeah. that on a was that on a plane? What where was No, that was in a tank. Oh, well, that it was... wasn't a tank. It was an M109 Paladin. Okay. It's it's a basically a howitzer cannon mounted to a tank. But you cuz you were in it I was like inside, you were of it. inside of oh, yeah. something. Yeah, I was inside of it. So it's it's well, was technically it M109 Paladin. M109 Paladin. M109 Paladin. So technically it's not it. a tank. Even though it's a tracked vehicle, M109 howitzer. Yeah, it's a howitzer. That's that's the gun on it. It's it's kind of like they took a really big gun that would normally be like stuck to the ground uh-huh. and put it on a mobile platform. Huh. Hmm. Yeah. It, I mean, these pictures probably don't really show you very much scale of how big the thing is, but well, it, no, it does because I barely fit in it. Oh, did you? Okay. <laughs> That actually, when I showed up to the one I was jumping inside of to go shoot it, the guy's like, "How tall are you?" And I'm like, "I'm I'm six six two six three. Like, okay, yeah, keep that helmet on when you crawl inside. First thing I did when I crawled inside is I bashed my head on the gun. Ooh, but I had a helmet on. So what were you guys? What were you shooting at? I don't know. <laughs> a populated city. Fuck, I don't know. No, so. <laughs> the Utah National Guard is out there doing training right now, and uh-huh. one of the Guys that we work with is a captain in the unit that's the uh, artillery unit for Utah National Guard, and they're out there for two weeks doing training. So he said, "Hey, you guys want to come out and shoot?" We're like, I'm like, "Yeah, uh, yeah." You want? I you gonna let me shoot the fucking howitzer? Fuck yeah, I'll go out there. And... <laughs> I thought I was gonna get inside the thing and just pull the string. Like, no, here's how you load the shell and load the gun and everything else. And I'm like, I'm, I'm gonna load it. Like, yeah, you're gonna load everything but the powder. And the primer. You get to do everything else. I'm like, okay. So they gave me a quick. So it's not all in one. It's oh, no, you have so, the projectile. And so yeah, it's got... a it's a big, I think it's a 144 millimeter round. Uh-huh. The thing's like three feet long, probably weighs a good 50, 60 pounds. Uh-huh. So they had me take that out of the canister, set it down, push it into the gun, operate the hydraulic thingy that pushes around in it and put that away. And then the guy put the powder in and they put the primer in and. And I pulled the cord. I pulled a button. Well, they pointed the gun basically directly straight up so they can keep all the rounds on Dugway. These are the same guys that caused that fire in Harriman a few, or Eagle Mountain area a few years back. Oh, really? From firing their guns. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, they're basically, they basically was, weren't 
I mean, the thing can go fucking far. Oh, I'm when sure. I was inside, the gun was basically facing straight fucking up in the air, it looked like. Yeah. And I did it, I got to fire it three times. And the first time I did it, I kind of had my hand way back and I pulled on it. And he goes, next one, make pull straight down. I'm like, straight down? That fucking thing flies back. That'll fucking crush me. <laughs> crush my hand, yeah. I'm like, oh, I'll come back a little bit, but I'll, I ain't putting my hand right underneath the fucking thing. Fuck you. I can see in the floor where it's dented and probably chopped off somebody's hand before, buddy. I'm not taking your word for this. I'm like, you told me to stand to the way to the side so when the thing kicks back, I don't get fucking killed. <laughs> yeah, I basically, I crawled in. I got a, about a 45-second class on how to load it. We bullshitted for about a second, and then they, their mission came in. They started moving. I'm like, okay, I will i don't know what I'm doing, but I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be fun. Yeah. It was pretty, pretty neat. Huh. What, cool. what did you do? I spent the weekend in Beaver. Oh, no joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was all right. Cause there's a lot of family in St. George. And so we just kind of met halfway and, uh, had a little reunion thing. In Beaver. A little family powwow. Yeah. Uh, was it, was it a, an official family reunion? Or? Yeah. 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 Lots, lots of, well, you're, uh, you, that I'm sure it was just lousy with Mormons. Whenever we yeah. have a family reunion, I'm like, oh, do I have to go? Really? Like, I'm going to hear people use phrases like, oh, my wagon. And, <laughs> and uh, that sounds like dumb a shit one. like that. Talk about, like, th- and that's all they talk about. All they talk about is church. They talk about their callings in church, things they're doing with the church, things that happened at, a, at recent church outings. Yeah, this isn't that bad. Oh, thank, uh, good for you, because that's, that's what my family reunions are all about. And I'm like, can't we like play kickball or something? That'd be great. <laughs> uh, play some volleyball or horseshoes or oh, something? Oh, I played golf. I played my first ra- – wait, what's a round? Is a round 18? Uh, well, a round can be either 9 or 18 holes. Okay, yeah. so yeah, so my first round of nine holes. Nice. Yeah. It was pretty fun. Ever? You've, you've never played – you've never I mean, I've, I've gone to like the driving range and like chipped around and stuff like that, but I've never played like – on the course? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. How'd you do? Not great. Yeah. Uh, 50, well, I guess. Well, that's not bad. Is it not? It was no, a, I mean, it was, they, a par, was it a par three course? Par 34. Oh. So shorter, but I mean, they, 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 people write books on how to break a hundred, so for 18 holes. For 18, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. So that's not bad. Oh, all right. Yeah, not bad at all. I think, <laughs> I think last Tuesday when I played, I had a terrible fucking round. I think I shot a 53. It was really bad. I just couldn't hit anything. So fifty three is really bad, but a fifty is not bad. Well, for First me, yeah. for me, and the years yeah, and years that I've funny. been playing is yeah, it was not good. I got really frustrated. Like after the third hole, after the third hole, I turned to my buddy that I'm always that I always golf with, and I'm like, I should have just fucking stayed home today. I could have just drank beer at home instead of coming out here to drink beer and <laughs> spray my golf balls all over the fucking place. <laughs> I always have fun golfing. I I get a little frustrated, but it's like, I don't know. I've always had this attitude of I spend way too much money to come out here and have a shitty time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. so if I start playing really terribly, then I just drink more beer. Yeah. <laughs> then your attitude changes. And then I don't, yeah, then I don't care. <laughs> uh, I just I just puttered around the house throughout the week and did a bunch of shit. I finally got the shutters put up on the front of the house. Got a new drill and drill bit that made it so much easier. Um, oh, we also got our headboard finally arrived like 
two and a half months after we ordered oh, it. <laughs> and and I have a nice a nice wound on my leg ah, from from doing thing. that. Well, because it bolts to the bed frame, right? Yeah. And so on your on your steel bed frame at the at the end where the mattress and the headboard meet, it's a flat plate mm-hmm. with with slots in it where you can bolt the headboard. Yeah, I worked at a furniture store. And so because we already had the bed and the box springs and everything on the bed frame, oh. we just, you know, in order to get the headboard behind the bed in, next to the wall, we had to pull the bed out from the wall and then, you know, swing it kind of diagonally a little bit. And then also had to move the box springs and mattress down on the bed frame like six inches so that I could get to the slots to, in order to bolt the the headboard to it. Yeah. And when we were moving the headboard into place, I didn't account for the extra six inches of bed frame sticking out. Mm. And so I'm walking around the mattress and the bed with the, with the headboard and just walked right into the, <laughs> right into the fucking plate at the end of the bed frame. And for the first three days, you could see like, Little- this rectangular <laughs> mark where it cut my skin like all around there, like little little bits of blood and bruised, and you can still kind of see it on my leg. That's why it's 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 always best just to take the mattress and box spring off when doing that. I but we didn't really have anywhere to put them. I in, always just like, stand them up. Stand yeah. Them up. Yeah. Well, we got a ceiling fan in the way. It was it would it was just easier to <laughs> slide it down and do that. I should have just been more mindful of where it was. Yeah. Uh, I was telling my mom about it yesterday because we had my stepfather's birthday party and then went to her house. Uh, I had cake and ice cream and shit. Telling her about it, she's like, ooh, did you cry or swear a whole lot? And I'm like, no. I just set my end of the headboard down and Tracy was holding it up and I just walked over to the window and just kind of grabbed the window frame and stood there for a little while <laughs> contemplating what a shitty fucking uh, <laughs> thing it was of me to not think about this sticking out. And yeah, it, it hurt a whole lot. Yeah. It was your leg, not your pinky toe. Yeah. Uh, but there's a shit ton in the news. We have a great interview with yeah. Jack Maturko, uh, yes. member of the satanic temple and author of the for infernal use only blog on Patheos. And generally super cool guy. Yeah, super nice. I, I really, really like Jack a lot. Had a great time talking to him. So we'll move into <laughs> our interview with him, and then we'll be back on the other side of that with some more news for you. If yeah. your Uncle Jack was on a fence, would you help him off? Would you help your Uncle Jack <laughs> off? <laughs> I'd hold his hand, make sure, he didn't, <laughs> make sure he didn't get into trouble. Hi, I'm Lucian Greaves, spokesperson and co-founder of the Satanic Temple. Check out my website, grayfaction.org, if you want to be disgusted and alarmed. You're listening to Godless Revolution. If someone said, we're banning religion, I'd march to not have it banned. Because it's your right to believe what you want. Mm. Um, And it's your right to be wrong. Mm. And I'll fight for that right. Rejoining the Godless Revolution podcast now. All right, on the line we have the fabulous, fantastic, Mr. Wonderful Jack Maturko. How you doing, man? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How are you guys? Doing really super good. Thanks. So in studio, uh, I, I don't know if you, I don't think you have met Matt or Ryan. No. No. No, I wasn't down. Uh, the closest I've gotten was I was in uh, Grand Junction not too long ago. Okay. Oh, for the, when they had their, they had some kind of 
when, when Colorado did the Christmas thing, we hit it over. We had yes. it out there. Yes. Very nice. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Mr. Materko. Uh, well, I am a, I guess, I, I, I don't think I'm a struggling writer. I think I'm doing okay <laughs> as a writer. Um, I write for For Infernal Use Only on Pathios, which as far as I know is the only uh, satanic blog that they have going. Ooh, and aren't you I, special? Well, you know, hey, you know people, you know people. <laughs> <laughs> And I also do the uh, Naked Diner podcast, mm. which is a very fun show. How did you uh, get started with the Naked Diner? Uh, well, I had done podcasts before, way back uh, in like 2012 or whatever. I did. Uh, we started doing an atheist show with me and a few of friends of mine, and that lasted about a year and a half. And then I did another solo project for a little bit. And then uh, Andrew Hall from Laughing Disbelief hit me up, and he's like, "I'm thinking of starting a show." I'm like, "Well, I'm not doing a show right now. I've got all this equipment. Let's let's make that happen." And so we just started reaching out to everybody who we could, who would like to be on the show. So we just sit down to talk to him. And Andrew's a very fun guy also. You guys have a lot of comedians on the show. We do, because Andy has a, has a pretty good stand-up background, and he's, he manages to somehow convince people to talk to us. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm usually amazed when, whenever you get somebody who, who I know, and I'm like, wow. It's an amazing time to be alive when you can get people who have CNN shows to talk to you when you're in your closet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had a great time with you guys uh, in Oklahoma for the American Atheists Convention. Yeah, that was a really fun time. That was a good good convention. Well, and you only went out there because your roommate was one of the speakers, right? Yeah, yeah. Andre was, uh, he, he rents my garage. <laughs> 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 And yeah, he, he had a speaking engagement and he was like, well, they give me like, you know, a couple comp tickets. So why don't you come out? I'm like, okay. Nice. That was fantastic. I was, I was so happy to see you guys there. Yeah. That, that, that was, it, it was tricky because the weekend before that I was in Chicago for TST's ISSTD protest. Mm -hmm. So I bounced from my girlfriend's house in New Mexico, up to Chicago, back to New Mexico, back to Arizona, and then over to Oklahoma all in the course of, you know, two weeks. It was a, oh, wow. a lot of. Were you driving to the to the other locations or flying everywhere? Uh, between Phoenix and New Mexico, yeah, that I drove. That's like a four or five hour trip. Yeah, yeah. And and your girly friend lives there in New Mexico. Indeed, which is why I'm willing to make a four or five hour drive. <laughs> <laughs> Did she used to live in Arizona, or has this always been a long distance thing? No, we actually met at one of uh, TST Arizona's uh, Bisbee events that we have in November. Every November, we all go down to Bisbee, and we have a big ritual thing at this one bar there called The Quarry. It's a lot of fun. And she had come down for one of those, and we met there. And then we talked on the internet forever. And then and she was just like, oh, I'm going to come visit. She's like, yeah. Well, that's very nice. So how how does one become a, a Satanist? Where Did you grow up religious at all, or, or have you always? Uh, my family was uh, or, uh, Byzantine Catholic. What is Byzantine Catholic? It's it's the the Eastern Orthodox churches. You're you're. It, we were actually. I think we went to a Greek Orthodox church. Ah, what was available? So you so you wear the the weird cross. Yeah, the weird one with the extra line with the extra <laughs> two lines. <laughs> hey, maybe Them. so. You probably know what is what is the extra line on the on the uh, Byzantine. I didn't know that that was a thing. I've always just the one at the top or the slanting one at the bottom. Yes. Okay, the one at the top is just supposed to be the, the INRI ribbon thing. Yeah, it's his nameplate. Yeah, and then the one 
<laughs> going at, an, at like a 45 degree angle at the bottom is where they were hammered his legs. In. Oh, yeah. so all the statues you see that the traditional Catholics have are wrong. So I don't know, honestly, <laughs> I, I don't know if there's, I, I haven't really put much thought into whether or not, uh, one is more historically correct than the other. So you grew up a Byzantine Catholic. How did that all change? Uh, I think most of it had to do with, and I think I really became disillusioned when my dad died when I was 15. And mm-hmm. then I, there was that whole period of questioning everything. And I just kind of came out the other side and atheist. You know? Well, if, so you hate God. You're mad at him. Yeah. No, I read books. <laughs> oh. Oh. Well, see, had you, had you been a young boy and were worried that your father was maybe not in heaven, you could have talked to the Pope and he would have reaffirmed your faith for you. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not buying that. <laughs> well, I don't know if you saw that story, but it was uh, a young boy was worried that his atheist father was burning in hell. So he asked the Pope about it and the Pope. Oh, is this when, is this when the Pope said that, that atheists can go to heaven? Yes. Yeah. Or... Yeah. The Pope lied to this little boy and said, oh, no, I'm sure your father, because he was a good man, is in heaven. Yeah. Saying that having never met the boy's father. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, that's that that should be the Pope's job, if you ask me. Console people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's good. I mean, yeah, it's it's a tough spot. Like, what is he going to tell this little kid? Oh no, your dad is definitely burning in hell, and if you do the same things your dad did, you're going to go there. I mean, but at least then he would be consistent. Yeah, it'd be consistent. But well, I don't know. I mean, they, they seem to have their set of rules that if you don't follow, uh, but the Catholic dogma is so weird because it's it's has so many. <laughs> Things that diverge from the actual text of the book at this point. Yeah. So, so you, you started reading a whole bunch of stuff after the passing of your father. I'm, I'm very sorry to hear that, by the way. I didn't, I didn't, was unaware of that. Uh, what no, was 15. It? It's more than half now. So, <laughs> yeah. <not. laughs> what, uh, what types of things were you reading and did they lead you immediately to Satanism or did you, were you just atheist first and then you started reading more about Satanism? How did that all play out? You know, it's, it's interesting because in high school I went through like a witchcraft phase, which I think a lot of people in our community does. Yeah. Uh, but then uh, around the time I got to college is when I started reading like Douglas Adams and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think like that bit in the Hitchhiker's Guide with God banishing and a poof of logic was one of those things that really did it for me. <laughs> <laughs> and so then you were just an atheist right yeah yeah that was yeah, probably about 10 years or so well i guess you know when the satanic temple came along and i started following them i was like oh th- this is interesting i might be able to get into this so then as they did more and more stuff i, I kept tracking them and i was like oh well okay i kind of get where this philosophy is going i kind of like it and then uh Stu michelle asked to give that invocation in phoenix and i was like i'm in <laughs> So here's a question you never get. Are you an atheist or a Satanist? I'm both. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so when, what do you mean when you heard that Stu and Michelle were going to do the invocation you said you were in? Well, I think what really, what really did it about that particular thing was, was when I really started thinking about where there's a, a, a gap in what atheist groups can do, because there is that line of, well, you are not a religion. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
And therefore we get to exclude you from, you know, interfaith stuff and, and, and those kinds of things and being able to have a thing that's a, that you say, this is my religion. These are my positive values. It really helps in being able to, uh, go into any kind of situation saying, look, we're, we're asserting these positive values. These are our deeply held beliefs and we're going to, we demand equal representation for them. Yeah. So you hadn't, so you hadn't been a Satanist before TST was around. It was just when they. No, I mean I read my my uh, Satanic Bible and I read Aleister Crowley a bit uh, when I was in college too, and that kind of thing. But it never really clicked to me, and because like Levey was always very uh, might makes right and a bit too authoritarian for me. I think ultimately, mm-hmm. and then when TST just seemed a much more uh, resonant experience of the same ideas. Yeah, that's that's one of the things that I've mentioned about TST several times on the show is that what I love about it is it does so perfectly fill that niche between, you know, organized religions and atheism in saying, hey, if you want to if you want to be inclusive of everybody, then you have to be inclusive of actually everybody and you have to offer those same benefits to every type of religion, regardless of whether you like that religion or not. Right, even those ones that are based on the worst guy in your entire book. (laughs) (laughs) Who, when you really read the book, doesn't seem like that bad a guy. I don't think he's that bad of a guy. (laughs) I mean, he is the one that wanted to give us knowledge. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's part of the the metaphorical interpretation of that story, right? And they always gloss over that bit in church. You know, it's always, oh, the evil snake made her do the thing she wasn't supposed to do. And you're like, yeah, but... But you call it the tree of knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> we need to talk about that part. That's a serious question. <laughs> yeah, they don't they don't seem to want to really talk about or delve into the the details there. It's just, oh no, snake bad, God good, people talk to snake, which is bad. God said not do that, that's bad too. Yeah, and that kind of gets into the whole like, is it good because God says it's good or is it good and therefore God says it's good kind of thing. Yeah, the divine command theory stuff where Euthyphro's dilemma. Yeah, where if is it only good because God said it or would it be good regardless of whether God had said it or not? And then he's just a messenger boy and we don't need him anyway. Yeah, and if he yeah. and if he is just a messenger, yeah, if it, if if it would and only be good. There's also a bit of entrapment there too, right? Like th- there was no way in that story that they could possibly know that it was wrong to not do what God said. Right. Yeah, because they didn't know what right from wrong was until after the fact. Yeah, yeah. So it's a trap. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, don't put the fucking tree there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fault, man. Or at least kick the snake out, right? Like one of those two things. You, you can't create. You can't put that combination of things there yeah, so and then be mad at like, all of humanity. The snake was there. Or- <laughs> yeah, it's bizarre. Present my ass. Well, yeah, it, it's it's like he set them up to fail on purpose. Like, yeah, oh, exactly. Oh, I can't wait until you eat from this fruit and then I get to fucking murder all kinds of people. This is going to be awesome. Yeah. And what's the point of any of that? Well, yeah. I mean, and if, if the point was that we couldn't progress for some reason without having eaten the fruit and learning those things or whatever. And so the, for some reason it was absolutely necessary, then 
take out the entire like the punishment of all of humanity and and the child the painful childbirth and all of that stuff that goes along with eating it like if it's a if it's a necessity just do it and then move on like don't i, I don't right. i don't get the that's it's so sadistic i think eden was playing by the uh ignorance is bliss rule what eve eden eden the garden of eden just be ignorant of everything else in the world and you get to be happy just mm-hmm. yeah, that, don't have oh, any yeah, the, knowledge of anything else just what i give away, you right i'm sorry what was that and that is the other side of that takeaway is it's like knowledge is bad yeah just stay dumb and happy and let whoever's in charge of you tell you what to do right we've got the president for that oh. now we've got, we've got the right guy in charge <laughs> and you're a tea party guy right is that <laughs> <laughs> i say that to everybody i should start saying alt-right because now there's a new oh, right wing tea party yeah. Yeah. Is, is it is it still alt right now it's not just jordan peterson sycophants oh. <laughs> <laughs> thank you i fucking hate that guy <laughs> i get so tired we were talking before we before we were talking to you we were talking oh. about how you know we did a show about jordan peterson then two weeks ago yeah just kind of yeah. off the cuff and on the fly because i was having a conversation on facebook with a friend and Who's, who's new to hearing some of the things that Peterson is saying. And he's like, honestly, he doesn't sound like that bad a guy. And then I made this post with a short clip of Jordan Peterson and he, he responded back and he's like, Oh no, that's really short thing. You should watch this, this whole interview. And so he gave me a link to that. And I think he also gave me a link to, uh, Joe Rogan. Yeah. Discussing it with a couple other people. And it's like, it was bad enough in the, in the short two minute clip that I watched and he wanted me to watch these other things. And the clip from Rogan was like Rogan and the people he was talking to just flat out lied about what Peterson had yeah. said. And then I watched the whole Peterson clip with Ryan and it's like, it's, it's even worse. Like it, it's even worse when you have to hear him talk about it more. He just makes everything so much worse. The two minute clip was more than generous to him. I think in light of how much more shit he said, during the full interview. Yeah, I, there was actually a thing. Uh, cause I was talking to Andy the other day and he was, he said something like, so, so just to make sure I have this right, Peterson thinks that objective morality can't exist without God. And I'm just like, yeah, it's basically William Lane Craig with flowerier language. <laughs> yeah. It, he's, uh. he's like Deepak Chopra. He's a more verbose Deepak Chopra. He does have a lot of, uh, was Dohani's word for them? Deepities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does have a lot of those. So he, I, I haven't, I admittedly haven't watched the, any of his stuff. But so he just says outright, blanket statement, no matter what. Like even if, even if someone were to define objective morality as like, don't harm and do help, or whatever, or or human well being, or well, something like that. The, the clip we watched, he said. Oh, I'm sorry. What was that? I said, that seems to be my understanding of what he's saying. Yeah. Yeah. That you can't have objective morality without a God. Yeah. E- even. Oh, that's weird, man. I don't, I don't understand that. Yeah. Well, and then when you try to pin him down on things and, and try to make clear exactly what he is saying, you'll have a two hour conversation with him about the definition of the word truth. That, right. <laughs> that episode of Sam yeah, Harris's so, podcast with him. I, I spent a lot of time. I spend a wait when the way people watch Netflix, I watch like philosophy videos and debates and stuff. Uh-huh. So I kind of want to throw uh, 
Shelly Kagan from Yale at him. Yes. That would be amazing. That would be a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, actually, Matt turned me on to a debate uh, of with Shelly Kagan. I can't remember who Kagan was debating. I think it might have been uh, William Lane Craig. I think it was. And I've I seen thought, that one. Yeah, I thought that was an excellent debate. Yeah. Not enough to swing you around to compatibilism, though, right? <laughs> <laughs> Not entirely, no. Wait, are you are you a compatibilist? I don't know. Uh, Uh-oh. I think I get to a point where... Either we don't have free will, but our brains convince us that we do, or we do. And either way, it, it, if you spend all your time thinking about it, you're not going to get anything done. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah. So yeah. at some point, I just put it down and say, eh, it doesn't really matter in effect either way for me. Yeah, I suppose it doesn't really matter. Yeah, but- I think I think in the sense of how I operate day to day, I'm a compatibilist because... You know, it, it, just because it seems so apparent and obvious that, yeah, I make a choice here and I make a choice there and I pick this and I pick that. And, you know, I'm the one, I'm the master of my own destiny and I'm the one who gets to choose what I want to do. But when yeah. I sit back and really examine it, it's like, oh, yeah, no, I, I understand why I would have picked this over that. And, but can you tell the difference between what feels like freedom and, the instincts that are that are driving you that and the desires you can't account for. No, you yeah, can't. So, yeah. so what feels like freedom may not be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like I say, I I think you know in in casual everyday things, I would say, yeah, I'm you know I I live my life as a compatibilist because it's not like I'm walking around doing things without any internal dialogue and explanation for the reasons why I'm doing them. But at the right. same time, I know that what guided me to those decisions wasn't really completely of my own making either. Sure. I, but I think ultimately, like the, the amount of math you would have to do to prove that <laughs> is so ridiculous that nobody's ever going to do it. <laughs> so, Everybody's just like, that sounds really hard. I don't want to do that. Yeah. I think if, if we really get down and, and say, you know, do I think that free will exists? Well, not necessarily, not in the way that we think about it anyway, right? Like we have this thing that we call free will right but is it really you know a free choice can you do what you're not determined to do by just the math of the universe and all that i I don't think so yeah so you're you're a you're a soft compatibilist it sounds like (laughs) Um, i'll take that (laughs) yeah uh oh shit i'm trying to yeah we've we've talked about free will a lot on the show and yeah, I'm I'm pretty much in the determinist camp. And I think that I think that when Dennett talks about free will, it's more that he's afraid of the social implications of saying that there's no such thing as free will. So and, therefore compatibilism's true. Yeah. Well, therefore yeah. Well, we should <laughs> Yeah, therefore we should just act as if compatibilism is true because the social implications of saying that you know, these these murderers in prison really didn't do this of their own free will and volition well then that that it's going to cause all kinds of freakouts. so we, until we can totally reform all of all systems around that I, that makes a much better case for rehabilitation instead of punishment yeah absolutely mm-hmm. oh, yeah. yeah yeah but it's all but it's also the uh it's also the same argument you get when it's like well we should we shouldn't try to argue people out of religion because they need it 
Some people need it. Mm. It's the it's the exact same argument. Yeah. That's what he's saying. The masses need free will, so we just shouldn't say that there isn't any. Yeah. And he should well, know. But I mean, how would you how would you prove there? How do you prove that they're not acting out of free will? And that there's no way to really do that math. I don't think. Yeah, I, I guess no, I don't look at it as a math of problem. You have to take into account. Right. Yeah. Well, there's I made this variables. Six years ago, I had a cheeseburger instead of a BLT. You know. It's like I'm, I'm trying to think of that movie with Jim Carrey where they monitored his whole life. The Truman the Show. Truman Show. It would have to be a case of someone like the Truman Show. Where their entire life is literally logged on film to be able to go through it and analyze it to determine what made him make this certain decision. Right, you'd have forward. to do it with identical twins in two two different places, so you yeah. have a control group. Yeah, yeah. Even Nobody's that wouldn't work that. because yeah. experiences would be different enough. You couldn't create exactly the same situation. Well, but you want to see if they do do the same thing while not having the same situation. I'm uh, confused. That wouldn't work. Yeah. Yeah, that wouldn't. But I mean, yeah, anyway, I mean, we don't have to get into it. (laughs) (laughs) We're not going to solve that problem here today. (laughs) So returning, returning to Satanism, you, you started following uh, TST and went to, went to some of their events and decided, Hey, this is, this is for me. I'm all in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And then when I got more into the deeper philosophy of it and stuff, it's 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 it, it's something about the story of it that really resonates with me, and the reading of it about the, this character that is unjustly maligned, <laughs> taking on a totalitarian dictator. It, it, it's it's a wonderful story. It's a much better story than the other one. <laughs> yeah, he is the underdog. He is. Yeah, and we, and we don't get his account. We 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 only get bits and pieces from the God story. Yeah, exactly. And, and really when you talk about, you know, the character, cause you can talk about what exists in the story of which there's not a whole lot, although, uh, there's a really good video from the people in TST Dallas that they put out, uh, talking about all that stuff. But, um, the, the, what we think of as the devil or Satan is this whole cultural conglomerate of an idea that involves all the gods that you know, existed that Christianity pushed out and anything that they decided they just didn't like. And all of that just becomes this one huge mass of here's all the other stuff because in, in the Christian religion, it's God and everything else, you know? Right. That's interesting. I hadn't, I, I haven't really given much thought to that. So they're, they're basically presenting the case that Satan isn't even necessarily an, an individual, uh, whom God has created as his arch nemesis, but it's just all, they just kind of lumps together all of the things that people have throughout the ages yeah, decided is bad. Other, like, like, here's a weird fact. You know, the Disney movie Fantasia, uh-huh. there's that you know, Hall of the Mountain King part when there's that big devil that comes up and his wings unfold and all that. That That's actually Chernobyl from the Slavic religions. Hmm. It's actually Hunabard? Chernobyl? Turnabard. Turnabard. <laughs> uh, if you watched uh, American Gods, it was the dude with the sledgehammer. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that was done because the guy who did that scene, uh, he was Ukrainian, and he really wanted to do something about this Ukrainian dark god. Hmm. And so they let him, but everybody who watches it, since there's no words or anything in that, they just assume that's the devil. Ah. Uh, 
Huh. I have to admit that I've never actually watched Fantasia. I've seen bits and pieces, but I've never watched the whole movie. Well, that's okay. I'm very anti-Disney. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine why. It seems like that would be, you know, Disney and Satanism go hand in hand. Oh, it's a whole copyright thing. We'd have to get Lawrence Lessig in here. It'd be, it'd be bad. <laughs> Lawrence Lessig. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, so you you started hanging out with with people from TST. Decided, hey, this is for me. Uh, how do you view the culture war between the Church of Satan and Satanic Temple? Ah. Uh, huh. <laughs> <laughs> To me, it seems like Church of Satan is really, I, I get what they're trying to do. They're trying to protect their brand, right? Well, yeah, it's like they think they, they, they think that they own, it's their own intellectual property that people are co-opting. Yeah. And it, I have a couple problems with that most, but my biggest issue, at least in terms of, you know, whether it, cause I think you can, you can be a Satanist without being a part of any group and that's fine. But if you're looking to join a group and your options are TST and the Church of Satan, I, I don't understand what that 250 bucks that I give the Church of Satan actually would get me. Mm. You know, it, there's there's no political push or anything. There's no trying to improve your community. The, the, there's a sense of community there. I don't think they'd necessarily agree to that, but it is there. Yeah, I, I donate to TST because I agree with the uh the 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 political side of it i guess you'd say the the yeah, the, the actions yeah. that that you guys take and and like everything you're doing with uh like the 10 commandments monuments the uh pushing for women's rights uh for abortion for everything i'm like that's i agree with everything you guys do so i'm like hell yeah i'll donate money to you guys well i'm sure lucian appreciates that <laughs> <laughs> he's a good guy we've had, we we got to meet him oh me yeah. and dan got to meet him Dan's met him. You met him a couple times. Yeah, I've met him a few times. He's a very nice guy. And you actually were in Salem last week, uh, hanging out. I was. He wasn't. He was over in Detroit for something or other. Uh, I don't know what. Aha. Uh -huh. So I didn't. Get to him, but I did see him in Chicago a couple months ago. And but you had gone out to uh, Salem. Was that just for Sarah's talk? Uh, it wasn't just Sarah's talk. Stu did a talk too, and uh, one of our other members, Carl, did this really cool thing about uh, absinthe. Hmm. Carl the Satanist. <laughs> That's a good character. <laughs> well, he did kind of talk about it in witch hunt terms about how there are no hallucinogenic properties to it and this, that, and the other thing, and the the ritualization that grew up around it and how it got the mystique that it has. And it was a really interesting thing. So that'll be up. I think he's gonna put up the better quality video of that one soon. Hmm. Nice. Sounds cool. It's a really fun talk. So tell us more about this. Was this uh was this an event with uh, just a bunch of different talks from people of TST or or what was it? Yeah, exactly? yeah, it was, it was funny because I mean Lucian was supposed to be there when we planned all of this, and then he had to bounce out for some reason or another. Hmm. And uh, so he, they basically just turned over the keys of headquarters to Arizona for a week. Oh, that's not good. Oh, um, <laughs> sorry, sooner than it was. So yeah, we we try and go out there about once a year. And do a couple talks on something or other. And we've had we've had Sarah Ponto Rivera on the show before. What was her talk about during the during this event? Yeah, she did a a gray faction talk because which is what you talked to her about because she's the mm -hmm. director of that, right? And that's the Satanic Panic era pseudoscience 
uh, that leads to oddly still credentialed therapists yeah. to convince people that their parents are part of some strange, weird, global Illuminati satanic cult the in the name of therapy, which is ridiculous. Yeah, I don't understand how these people maintain their medical licenses for this. Yeah, no, I, I, I think it's it's unconscionable the way those review boards work. Yeah, it, the criteria must be are, you know, are they Christian? It's not even that. It's, it, it, I mean, the weird. There's weird bits of criteria where it's like, well, okay, no one's actually broken any laws, so. Oh, yeah. Hmm. But but doesn't matter. Died. Yeah, it doesn't matter how much they've harmed their patients and the rest of society as a whole. They haven't really right. broken any laws. Right. We'll we'll just not worry about the ethics concerns. Yeah. Yeah. No, and some of them are absolutely outlandish. Where like you know, one person is it, it, they're letting their patient rent their house and then introducing them to other patients and all these huge things that should be conflict of interest that you never hear about because. The process, you know, you write a letter to a review board and they take three months to get back and they ask some person's lawyer and they write a response letter and, and all of that. But for me, the, the thing I find most ridiculous about it is that because uh, disassociative identity disorder, which is the claim, what they claim is the disorder that they're using to justify this, this uh, recovered memory hypnosis stuff is that since that DID is still in the uh, American Psychological Association's DSM, that Medicare is paying for some of this stuff. Mm-hmm. You're talking like tens of thousands of dollars to these therapists. That's government money being paid for by taxpayers. That's going to total bullshit. Yeah. And as tea partiers, we're against that. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what that's my pick for the tea partiers, right? <laughs> And that's what you guys were in, in Chicago for. So how did how did the um, ISCD action go in Chicago there? Uh, was it last month or the month before? I, it was a couple months ago now. It, it, that was that was interesting. Everything went pretty well with the exception of the part where they, they, they had planned to do a procession through the, the lobby of the hotel. And as I understand it, because I, I went down early and picked a vantage point to just watch everything. <laughs> As a responsible, objective journalist. <laughs> but, but my understanding is that, that, you know, the people came down the elevator with their signs and all the doors open and there's two security guards right outside the door being like, nope, outside. Uh, <laughs> we knew you'd be here. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you learn at the ISSTD? Uh, oh, well, I got to listen to... Uh, the audio from one of their speakers, what's his name? Avanti or something like that. But uh, her talk, it, they talk about things in such weird, concrete terms. You know, like they've got this almost like uh, like little world built up in their heads, and they they say the strangest things about how like, well, okay, the 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 programming for this other lives in your hand, uh. and you're like, what the fuck is that supposed to mean? <laughs> Well, yeah, we know that the fields of psychology and psychiatry are definitely hard sciences, right? Like, you know, that if you say and do this, then this is the outcome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of the time. <laughs> yeah. So, so those, that's just a big ball of crazy. And the, the reason that the Satanic Temple gets involved with it, obviously, is because 
so many of those people do have this idea of a weird Illuminati satanic cult that runs the world. But you don't? Or... I I think if one exists, they at least owe me a couple paychecks at this point, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm still waiting for my George Soros paychecks from those protests. Yeah, right. Where's my Soros money? <laughs> <laughs> and and how did you get involved with the with the blog that you're writing now, the For Infernal Use blog? That actually, last time we were in Salem, uh, last May, we were talking after one of this the speaking events. And Lucian said something about how he had been emailing the, the editors at Pathios trying to uh, figure out some way to get one of us on there. And I, and I worked with Andy, who already had a blog there. And we had had Dale McGowan, the editor of the Non-Religious Channel, on before. So I just emailed Dale and said, look, man, you don't have a Satanist blog. I think you need one. And he said, yes, I agree. I, hmm. that's, that's a pretty easy in. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, I mean, it's supposed to be a discussion on, you know, interreligion faith stuff. So <laughs> you didn't, you didn't have one of me and now you do. <laughs> and I think you do a great job with it. I, yeah. We've used your stories a few different times on the show. Yeah. I, I heard that when you, the, the, uh, YWCA stuff, you basically read both of my articles. It was very nice of you. Oh yeah. no, it was very nice of you to write them. So we had something to read. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we credited you them, credited you yeah. in them at least. Yeah, yeah. 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 We did for sure. Um, what, uh, do you know, I, I've heard from Michelle since, uh, the initial episode where, uh, they're apparently, Looking back on it now, there was just some miscommunication with the YWCA, uh, and, and somebody there speaking out of employee. turn. Yeah. A rogue employee speaking out of turn saying that they didn't yeah, want to work with we, TSD. We talked about that a little bit. And I'm, I'm very sympathetic to their position because when we're doing Satanic Temple stuff, you expect a bit of flack. And I think it was just a situation of, you know, somebody really wasn't used to getting threats and panicked and. <laughs> And that's, I understand. I panicked when I got my first threat. Did you panic when you got your first threat? Um, I didn't panic on my first one. I think it was probably my third one that I felt. The FBI. Like it was. Incredible. Yeah. The, the third one was when I was the first time I contacted the FBI for it because it was just yeah. really creepy and low key, fucking subtle threatening. But, you know, mentioning right, my, right. my kids and family members and, and where I spend my time and shit like that. And I'm like, too much personal information. Yeah. This, this person's been tracking me enough that this is a real concern. <laughs> this is a concern. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, but, but I also think that whoever, whoever made that call, whoever the angry woman who complained was, I, it seems that it had to be somebody who also had some sort of, you know, political pull or something. Mm-hmm. Someone of not some sort names. of authority. Yeah. I'm not naming names. <laughs> uh, so, but w- one one big question I kind of had with it, and we kind of I think we mentioned it on that show that I don't know if you'd be able to answer or not, was after uh, they said they were no longer going to take the feminine hygiene products. You guys had already found someone else to take them, but then they kind of came back to, oh no, we'll take them now. So is it just being split up? Are two different organizations getting to take part in donations from the Satanic Temple, or is everything just going right to? Uh, I think I think because of the way things worked out, everything is going to go to go with the flow this year. Okay, and then next year we can do something with YWCA again, or other chapters who want to run the same campaign can go to YWCA. 
and, and talk to them about participating okay. that way, I think. But that's my rough understanding. Yeah, we're wondering if one group got to miss out on the awesomeness of the Satanic Temple. No, I, th- I, th- I think it'll work itself. I, th- I just think that this year, the stuff that we collected since we already agreed yeah. with the second group, Go With The Flow, I mean, we couldn't back out of that after the fact. Yeah. That's kind of so th- that's kind of the way I was figuring. It w- it kind of went down, but didn't really know, and I was kind of curious. Yeah, and actually, that was really cool because when that happened, uh, go with the flow. What what they do is they 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 don't just hand out new boxes of stuff the way that YWCA does. They put together little pouches, so they need those little carry pouches for tampons and stuff. I, I know all about them. Like a fanny pack or yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> no, just like little, I don't know, like a little change purse size kind of thing. Huh. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, and, and well, they requested those. So Michelle put up a link saying, Hey, we added some new stuff that people that th- this new group is looking for. And when I went to pick up the donations that week, there was an entire shopping bag full of them in one of the boxes. I'm just like, that is oh, amazing. Wow. That is cool. I know that the TS, that the TSD has a lot of very, very, ardent enthusiastic supporters who are totally happy to help out with any initiative that the TSC wrote the TST rolls out. So yeah, that's, that's fantastic. We drag people out into the Arizona desert <laughs> in the middle of the summer to clean up highways. <laughs> we have amazingly dedicated people. <laughs> yeah. We'll be doing that next weekend for atheists of Utah. So that'll be a lot of fun. It'll be the hottest highway cleanup that we have all year. Yeah, we, we, we did like, uh, we did them January, February, March, and April. And I think we're going to skip, uh, July and August <laughs> out here. Yeah, I, I would yeah. too. I don't think you leave your house in July or August in Arizona during the day. I try to avoid it. What I'm trying to do is switch because now that since I, since I, the blog and my podcast is pretty much my job now, I'm trying to just switch to third shift and be awake at night. <laughs> yeah, there you go. The works for the animals here. It's it's cooler for sure, but I remember I took a I took a trip to Phoenix, fuck like twelve years or so ago, and it was a particularly hot summer. And even at night, I think the overnight low was one hundred and thirteen degrees in Phoenix. That's at, at street level. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah, just fucking ridiculous. We, horrible heat island effect. Here. Yeah, like ridiculously hot. I I don't I don't know like who was the first person to to be in the Phoenix area way back before it was even a city and I can only imagine that they had to have been there during a cooler period or or maybe winter time in in well, the area wasn't paved. Yeah, there's no pavement. Yeah, because otherwise it's like who who the fuck arrives in Phoenix and is like, it was, hey, it's a hundred and ten degrees out here and everything flies, bites, and stings. Let's build some. It shit. was a teenage girl, dude, and she was like, finally, I'm not fucking freezing. <laughs> Having worked at an archaeology place for ten years, the right answer is the Tohono O'odham tribe. Oh, oh, okay. Just in case you're wondering. <laughs> <laughs> We're solving all kinds of shit tonight. <laughs> we should have had you on the show much sooner, man. We could have had all of our all of our really deep questions answered. <laughs> so, what did you have to have two different coming out announcements to your family? Do you, so I know your your father's dead. Is your mother still alive? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the the atheist thing happened in college, 
So that wasn't too bad. Although for the entire time I was an atheist, she would say, uh, I just wish you had something (laughs) that you just had something to believe in or. Yeah. If you just had some sort of belief system or some sort of church group or something Mm -hmm. like that. And then the satanic temple thing happened. And she goes, well, not that. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you said something, you weren't clear. (laughs) And do you have any siblings? Oh, uh, yeah, I have a sister. And is she atheist as well, or Satanist? No, or? she is not. Uh, she, I, I don't think she really gets the Satan thing, but at this point, now that she sees what we do and she sees all the stuff that, that we've been working on, I don't think she minds it so much. I think it still weirds her out a little bit, but I think she's come to terms with it. I think that happens with a lot of people as far as, as, far as it relates to the Satanic Temple. Um, you know, they're they're like, Satan and Satanic Temple, that just sounds bad. I don't know why you do that. It just sounds terrible. Why would you do that sort of thing? And then you explain the tenets to them and the the political activism and and the humanism aspects of it. And they're like, oh, well, then I guess it's not too bad. But but does it have to be Satan? Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Poor Shalise and her interview with... with, uh, Jim, <laughs> Jim, Jim, Jim Jeffries, but why Satan? <laughs> yeah. You know, there's actually, I, I just reviewed a really good book, uh, called the Prince of this world where his first, in, his introduction, the first 15 pages is just a very why Satan, because this is in, in this environment, if you're picking a deity, this is the one that represents the downtrodden, uh, the underserved, the people who are frustrated. And so, yeah, go with that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So you you said that you're you've made a career now of the of the blog and and being a uh, quite so much a career. <laughs> uh it's I'm I'm getting by. It's it's enough that I was able to leave my day job at, at least until Andre moves out. <laughs> <laughs> and then it'll be like who else can I rent out my garage to? <laughs> yeah, who else can I rent the house to? <laughs> exactly. Um what were you doing before that? I was uh, working at an archaeology company. Ah, oh, that explains the knowledge. Mm-hmm. And what <laughs> are you an archaeologist by trade, or no? I'm a, I'm actually you know English major by trade, so this is a closer. But uh, I was their their uh, production designer and part time IT guy. Oh, well, that's pretty cool. They need IT guys because it is my firm belief that archaeology and technology are diametrically opposed sciences (laughs) (laughs) for now but wait you know wait a few thousand years and and then maybe they'll no because we we would joke about that doing like digital archaeology and having to figure out how to pull data off of you know an old machine uh, yeah c64 basic code Who remembers? Nobody. But there might be something good in there. Somebody has to look. <laughs> Trying to pull stuff off old reel-to-reel tapes. and Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Heck, reel-to-reel floppies at this point is yeah. almost impossible. <laughs> oh, dude. Yeah. I worked for a, uh, for a tech company in Salt Lake City where we were gathering real property data from, from the Places. different counties. And there's no, oh. there's no like, set instruction on how they need to store or record or maintain any of their data. And it varies by County. 
And so for some of the more rural, remote, low population counties, when we would try to retrieve data from them on for real property within the county, like they've all got all different databases. They've all got all different means of storage and recording all of the information. There was one county here in Utah where that where it was that they were storing all of their information on reel-to-reel tapes. So we had to go online and buy this ridiculously expensive reel-to-reel tape machine so that we could buy this information from the county and then have it in-house and decode it to, to be stored in our own internal database. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's an awful lot of that. And and Arizona is actually generally pretty good about it. But the weird thing is like when you're curating the archaeology, archaeology data, it all gets sent off to the, the museum and you give them disk copies of everything. Well, uh, what was it? The switch between Windows 95 and Windows 98. They took the leading zero off of the floppy disk. <laughs> So now it's like, I'm fine. Now I need to find a 95 emulator to figure out what's on this disc. Great. <laughs> and floppy disk. Come on, man. <laughs> I don't think I've had a machine with a floppy disk reader in it for a decade now. Yeah. Probably around there. You can get ones that attach to your USB. Yeah. External ones. Yeah. That, that a modern computer can actually read. Uh huh. Wow. Yeah. It can read it, but there's no guarantee that your operating system knows what to do with the data. <laughs> True. We've recognized something with some digibits on it, but we don't know what the hell to do with it. Yeah, we can show you the binary. You can print that out and good luck. <laughs> well, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you and having you on the show. Is there I'm gonna I'm gonna flip the script on you and say, is there any any questions you have for us or anything else you'd like to say? Oh, gee, I don't know. Um, when's the next time you guys got something going on? Oh, we've got something going on every week. <laughs> what What do you mean by when what going on? Oh, any kind of American atheist or Utah atheist type event. Oh shit, man! Atheists of Utah has stuff going on all the time. Uh, we've got uh, godless cocktails every first and third Thursday. Uh, we've got our annual ice cream social coming up. Our camping trip is coming up. Our adopt a highway cleanup is coming up. Uh, we've got board elections next month for which we have yet to wrangle anybody nominating themselves to be on the board, which is don't look at me. Not a, not a great, not a, not a great thing so far. <laughs> there has kind of been like a dip in enthusiasm. I think everybody's just kind of burned out on Trump and everybody should just take a day or two. Yeah, dude, it's, get it's been really back. rough. Like, I've been I've been involved with Atheist of Utah and served on the board for the last seven years and keep trying to bring in other people to help run it and volunteer on the board and everything. And it's like nobody wants to put in the time or they don't have the time available or they're just disinterested. But then I'm sure that there would be a lot of people upset if the organization just folded and went yeah. away. But nobody wa- seems to want to step up and do the work as a unpaid volunteer i mean that was the issue that the satanic temples chapter here in in salt lake city had right yeah chalice was the only one doing work for it and nobody wanted to actually do the footwork with her and she got burnt out on it speaking of chalice i i should mention that uh the after school satan club 
has figured out its insurance problems and they are taking applications for new uh, schools that are interested in starting a program. Oh, fantastic. That's fantastic news. I haven't, I hadn't heard anything about this uh, after school Satan for a little while. We'll have to get her back on to talk about it again. Yeah. There was a whole thing where the, the insurance that they had to carry, uh, the insurance company had dropped them. They didn't want to, they didn't want to insure Satan. Put on hold for a little bit. Yeah, they weren't. They weren't pleased. <laughs> they're like, they're like, oh, now we're gonna have nothing but acts of God against this. This is gonna <laughs> suck. Yeah, so they got that worked out. So if if I remember right, I think it's info at afterschoolsatan.com would be anybody who's interested. If your school has like a good news club, you could email that, and they can uh, figure out whether they can get you up and running. Nice. Super duper. So if people wanted to get in contact with you or find out more about you, where would you recommend they go? Um, probably the easiest one is Twitter at lead flashing, LED flashing. Lead flashing. Or you can find me on the Facebook or you can leave comments on my blog, which is uh, patheos.com slash blog slash infernal. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show, Jack. I've, I've wanted to have you on here for a bit. Yeah, this was fun. It's super fun talking to you. I I always enjoy hanging out with you. You're just you're just super nice guy who seems very very low key until you start talking to you, and then it's like, wow, this guy's super smart and is just kind of quiet and but also <laughs> hilarious whenever I can get you talking about stuff. So Dan has just oh, revealed his bias that low key people are dumb. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been a lot of fun, man. I really appreciate you coming on the show. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. This is fun. <laughs> All right, Jack. Well, we'll let you go. Uh, enjoy the rest of your night. Hopefully, we won't uh, wake up to a mushroom cloud tomorrow. Uh, right. It's going to be in Singapore. Yeah, yeah. Ryan Ryan floated the idea earlier before we started recording. He's like, you know what's happening is Kim isn't even actually going to Singapore. He's sending a body double, and then they're just going to nuke Singapore. That would be disastrous. <laughs> <laughs> For Singapore, I think it might be. Yeah, for Singapore, might be, might be, might be good, good for, for the rest us. of the world. <laughs> is, is, is Pence there as well? I hope Pence is there too. Probably not. Probably not. Yeah. Well, we will let you go. Thank you. Thanks again, Jack. I really appreciate it. Yeah, you too. Anytime. What a fun guy! I I like Jack a lot, man. He's he's a lot of fun to hang out with. I'm I'm glad he came on the show with yeah. us. Mm-hmm. Should we talk about some newsy stuff? There's fuck ton yeah. in the news lately. Hi, this is Michelle Short. And this is Stu DeHaan. And we're the co-chapter heads of the Satanic Temple in Arizona. You're listening to The Godless Revolution. For cool Satan swag, please visit the website shopsatan.com. You've agitated or angered one of the supposedly calmest people on the planet, Deepak Chopra. You, you, you ruffled his feathers. What did you do to get Deepak Chopra so angry? I just, I just tweeted some fact. but i mean i've interviewed deepak chopra many times and his whole thing is always i do not get angry i if i'm in a i've said to deepak chopra if you get cut off in traffic are you ever angry at that guy no i feel sorry that he is in pain spiritually you're not buying it he tweeted to me i said something to him joking about the origin of the universe or something and he tweeted back saying i'm going to shove my cosmic consciousness up your ass Thank you to everybody who has rated the show on iTunes and Stitcher and are following us on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. And to all our Patreon patrons, you make the show possible. Well, that was a fun interview. Yeah, we're on the other side now.
on the on the other side of the interview. Uh want to start out with some news following up on story we talked about last week. Oh, fuck. For the patron only portion of the show, I believe, but uh we talked about the masterpiece cake bakery case. Yeah, masterpiece uh, back in the yeah. Make them sing. This comes to us from LGBTQ Nation. It says this church sign is making waves in that anti-gay baker's backyard. And it has a picture of a sign at the South Broadway Christian Church that says Saturday, 6 p.m., Sunday, 10, worship. All are welcome. And then next to it, it says Jesus would have baked that cake. Yeah. See, that's a good sign. <laughs> Uh, the story says the Denver South Broadway Christian Church is stirring controversy following the Supreme Court's decision in favor of anti-gay evangelical Christian baker Jack Phillips in Masterpiece Cake Shop versus Colorado Civil Rights Commission. And I want to say, too, that uh, I want to in particular thank Riley Moore and Alan Furkinoff for sending us tons of stories every week. You guys are awesome. I'm sorry we don't get to cover all of them all the time, but I really, really appreciate you sending us stuff to talk about on the show and that you're interested in hearing. Uh, if you would like to do that, you can do so by going to God, by sending us an email to godlessrevolution at gmail.com or calling and leaving us a voicemail at 33081rebel <laughs> or, uh, Twitter our twatter at TGR podcast or go out and send us a message on Facebook at facebook.com slash godlessrevolution. Rebel! And, but yeah, we got a whole bunch of stories here. This one I thought was interesting. Yeah. Uh, in a narrow ruling, the court ruled in favor of Phillips, saying the Civil Rights Commission didn't respect his claim that he was discriminating for Jesus by refusing to make a cake for a gay couple. The Baker store is located in Lakewood and is part of the Denver metropolitan, metropolitan area. Uh, metropolitan? Metropolitan. Oh, I want to go there. The church's <laughs> pastor, Dustin, <laughs> Dustin Atkins, however, disagrees with Phillips, with Phillips's logic and as an empathetic man of God, he would seem to be an authority. Adkins points to the Bible's recounting of Christ's life as the basis for a stance that the Christian Savior would embrace LGBTQ people. Quote, but, but, but the Bible says, but it. Let he who is said, without sin cast the first stone. Oh, and oh yeah, you should be nice one. to people. Uh, quote, Jesus worked with folks on the periphery of society, mistreated and marginalized, Adkins told television station KUSA. These folks are the ones he welcomes most. End quote. Phillips claimed his religious freedom was being suppressed by forcing him to serve the public equally, which really you would think the reverse, right? Like you're serving everybody equally. That's, that's your freedom. If we're going to make you not serve people, yeah. that's us saying you can't do that. That's, yeah. a, that's a reduction of your uh, freedom. Yeah. Um, the Supreme Court punted on whether or not religious liberty includes a license to discriminate against LGBTQ people. Instead, they sent the case back for reconsideration. The commission could still resolve the case in favor of the gay couple, which would be awesome. But yeah, I thought that was an interesting sign from See, now, a more welcoming and yeah. humanist religion. Now, did you see the church anyway? The the bad sign that went up. No. Well, I'm uh, sure there were plenty. Uh, no fags allowed. No, it didn't say that. It said no blacks allowed. What? Because of this? Because of this. Now I've got a license to discriminate against whoever uh, I yep. want. Black people yeah, are it's no my religious freedom. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I can serve who I want, and the Supreme Court said so. And I don't want to serve blacks. So someone had actually put that up, and I'm probably getting it wrong. Is one of the Dakotas, North or South? 
whichever one's the most more racist was probably the one that it was South, in. South, probably, South I'm Dakota. Guessing. <laughs> and it was a state representative that got asked a question about it. said, hey, do you think it's appropriate for this person to put up uh, a blacks only sign or no blacks allowed yeah. sign on the front of his business? And the guy said, well, it's basically his right to conduct business the way he wants. No, fuck me. Ah, I he he retracted the statement later, basically kind of being like, "Well, no, I didn't say he he can't serve, he shouldn't serve black people." I'm saying, you know, it's his business. You can do well, his business. No. He can do with his business what he wants, and you can't fucking do that. No, I posted on Facebook earlier this week that I'm surprised constantly at how many people don't understand the Civil Rights Act of 1964 that says you cannot do that shit. Yeah. You cannot discriminate against people on the basis of uh, creed, religion, nationality. You know, those are protected classes of people that you can't fucking well, get. They, they, seem, they seem to understand it all too well when they feel like their religion is being infringed. They're like, hey, you can't yeah. do that. It's my religious freedom. I yeah. can, you know, well, it's like, and then you turn around uh, and all of a sudden now you don't, re you don't remember what that whole thing was about. What, 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 what did we even do in the sixties? Like, you know, when, when we were saying, oh, minorities and women and, and all, they, they all have rights. What, what do you think that means? Yeah. What do you think that was all about? What's well, like, I, there's a guy I was is this talking with that work the other day. That's recording. It's oh, just okay. really long. Uh, and we're talking at work the other day and I said, I was talking, we're talking about some race issues and it's like, you, you do realize the emancipation proclamation didn't solve all issues with like African-Americans having rights. Mm. Like you do realize that, right? He's like, well, yeah. I'm like, it was, it was yeah, 1964 when the civil rights act was signed that gave him more rights. And they still weren't even basically guaranteed those rights after it was signed. There was still a whole lot of shit going on. He's like, yeah. I'm like, so you realize there's people alive right now. Your that, parents. <laughs> that, that, yeah, your parents age that, were rejected service at stores or, or, or restaurants and places because they were black. They were yeah, harassed. For no other reason yeah, than because were, of the color yeah, of their skin. Harassed and beaten at voting stations so they would try to get them not to vote. Like, this stuff is not in our past. It's still very much present, which mm -hmm. is why we have a lot of these issues. But don't, but don't worry. Don't worry, because the baby boomers vote liberal, and they'll do that forever. <laughs> <laughs> but then he kind of like realized, he's like, oh, shit. Like, it's like, I never even really th thought about it like that before, like that. There, there are people that are still have these wounds from those days, because... Yeah, people, I mean, who are, people who are living today who lived through that, yeah. who lived through Jim Crow, who lived through the Civil Rights Act. Now, granted, he was a younger, 20-year-old, Utah-educated kid, so you probably didn't get the correct history lessons and yeah. stuff. Probably better than a lot of schools in the South, but... Probably. But, but not, not, like not, not, not very great. <laughs> yeah. But when he thought about it like that, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, there's... There's people alive whose great-grandparents were fucking slaves. Dude, I have arguments with people every fucking week who don't know what the Civil Rights Act is or does, or that it even it fucking exists. exists. It's, it's it's this libertarian brain that takes uh -huh. over. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Like, That's exactly. Everyone can do everything they want without government saying anything about it. That's what it is. So it's when his they, business. He owns it. He yeah, should be able to do whatever exactly. he wants. Exactly. Just like the Bundys should be able to do whatever they want. David Koresh should be able to do what he wants. Yeah, that is, that is exactly yeah. who I have these arguments with are fucking libertarians. Yep. Young libertarians who don't know what the fuck they're talking about. 
Well, that and I think people don't realize how close in history we actually are to these events. Yeah. Dude, I had an argument with with a young libertarian woman years ago uh, at an Atheist of Utah event where I was explaining to her that... I think you mean mansplaining. (laughs) Yeah, I was mansplaining to her that uh, when when Rich Andrews, my friend who's since passed away, who was Mm -hmm. a previous state director here in Utah for American Atheists and was involved with Atheists of Utah, he's, you know, uh, won a lifetime award, lifetime achievement award from American Atheists for his activism work and everything. Uh, was featured in magazines, toured the country with Madeline Murray O'Hare. Just a great guy that uh, was involved with Brian Bernard here in Utah for the uh, Utah State Highway Patrol crosses case, yeah. where the Highway Patrol was erecting crosses with names of fallen Highway Patrol officers, uh, but they were doing it on public land. And so Richard and Brian filed a lawsuit saying, hey, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. This is public property. You can't erect a re- an inherently religious symbol on public property. Correct. And that went all the way up to the Supreme Court, yeah. who ultimately just ruled, no, we're going to kick it back down to the previous court's decision that said, no, that's illegal and you can't do it. And I had an argument with this woman, and she kept trying to tell me, well, no, they can do that. That's 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 up to them. That's their religious freedom. They can do whatever they want. As an atheist, she's yeah. she's having this talk with me, and I'm like, "No, you can't. That's not that's not what religious freedom is." Yeah, and then she's like, "Well, it's just like a business can can tell whoever that they want that they that they don't want to do business with them." And I'm like, "No, no. they can't. There's the Civil Rights Act that sets up specifically protected classes of people that you cannot discriminate against because of these immutable characteristics." Well, I just think that's wrong, and I'm like. This is really weird because you're black. <laughs> oh shit. And you don't fucking know this and you live in Utah and you're an atheist like none of this makes any fucking sense yeah. to me at all. And she has hated me since then. Because because I showed her where she was wrong and she's just fucking hated me because of this disagreement and it's like okay so there was this guy and he was a reverend named martin luther king jr (laughs) (laughs) once upon a time yeah just i I don't that 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 bit of libertarianism really fucking bothers me where they just say things like well you should just be able to do whatever you want so so why so why do businesses pay their employees then yeah why why don't they just have slaves yeah. Right? Well, that's because they could do whatever they want. Well, it's their business. They should run it however they want. I imagine she would probably make some kind of argument with me about the minimum wage and that if we raise the minimum wage, then we're just going to get rid of people and they're going to they're going to fire people and everything. It's it's I so I have a lot of libertarian leanings. I mean, there are a lot of things that come from libertarian thought that are good and valuable that you know, we well, should we should make it so that our government isn't fascistic and doesn't yeah. tell people exactly what they have to do all the time. You want to have a limited government. Of course, everybody fucking agrees with yeah. that except fascists, <laughs> <laughs> but that does not mean that businesses can do whatever the fuck they want. Yeah. And the, I just, it seems to be, and it, and it seems to be getting worse. Like, I don't know if it's a lack of proper education in our schools or people just, being generally ignorant about the world around them in general. I don't know what the case yes. is, but 
it's it <laughs> seems to be getting worse. It's those it's those things and other things. But I I've also you know this maybe everyone else has already figured this out, but it was a, a revelation to me as I was thinking about some of this, like that the one of the main differences between left and right, you know, libertarian and liberal or whatever, is that uh, the right wing really hates the government. To I mean, not the police and not the troops. When it when it when they can virtue signal that they're mm-hmm. that they're awesome people for supporting them, even though they'll kill them in a second <laughs> if the if it comes down to it, because that's what they need their guns for. Yep. But yeah. they yep. hate the government and they prefer corporations. They want corporations to run things and not the government. And liberals distrust corporations and would rather have the government have control than the corporations. And that's a big conflict, and we end up talking past each other. Yeah. Well, and I, and I think the difference there too is that they is that people who have the view that we we should have governments in place to control these type, these types of things is that we then have a check on those systems of government by way of our vote and i've noticed that a lot of the libertarians think their vote means nothing and so it's pointless and so they yeah. don't participate and they want to vote instead with only their wallet well you can do both you yeah. can do both you can have a government that you vote in and can remove through the power of the vote next voting cycle. But you can also stop giving your money to organizations and companies with whom you have a philosophical disagreement. You can do both. It doesn't right. have to be one or the other. And we would, we're better served by having a government in place that we vote into service of the people who sets strict limitation on the types of harms and damage that can be done by corporations. Absolutely. It's like I always and they don't to, seem to get that. Yeah, I always wanted to be able to boycott Chick Fil A, but since I've never eaten there to begin with, it's kind of hard to boycott <laughs> something you've never. It's fucking my it's my continuing, never ending, and never really started boycott, boycott of Chick Fil A. Yeah, I was like, well, <laughs> they never had my business to begin with. So I, I've eaten I was, at Chick Fil A a few times yeah. in the past, but it, I I haven't for several See, I, several years. I was a KFC Overrated. guy. I was a KFC guy. Then I moved from KFC to like deli chicken. Deli chicken? Yeah, like going to like Smith's Deli. Oh yeah. It's way it's much better. better, yeah, and it's less less. Well, it's you still pay about the same amount, but you get more food. Yeah, yeah, so. and it's better. It tastes yeah, better. it tastes better. Yeah, it's not super processed and shit. Yeah, I like to get the rotisserie chickens at oh, Costco. Oh, good. you can do everything with those. I can shred it. You just eat it the way it is. Wait, it you in. you make it past one sitting with the thing? <laughs> well, you can get a couple and then you know assign <laughs> them different different tasks for your oh, tummy, okay. different tummy tasks. <laughs> Um, They're good in burritos. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I'll, like I say, you can just shred them, do whatever with it. Make chicken salad. I'm going to start talking like Forrest Gump here in a minute. <laughs> like I or, did last like, week. Not Forrest Gump. What was his friend's Bubba. name? Bubba. What was Bubba's last name? Was it just Bubba? I don't remember. Anyway. What was his last name? Benjamin Buford Blue. Was that it? That was his name, I think. Huh. You know, uh, you know who will know is Dan... Uh, Doctor Dan Morris. <laughs> I know it's way off topic, but you know who almost played Bubba? Huh? Tupac. Really? Yeah. No, really? Yeah. That's part of that. When I was listening to the pod, I'm listening to a podcast right now where they're talking about the murders of Tupac and Biggie. Uh huh. And Tupac was trying to do more acting, and one of the roles he wanted to go try out for was for Bubba. <laughs> I can't imagine Tupac in that no, role. I think I the guy they picked. That's was, why he didn't get it. Was much better. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, but so Masterpiece Cake Bakery is a bunch of fuckery. Yeah. I I just, I don't know. I I get really tired of having those conversations with libertarians because 
They just don't know what the fuck they're talking yeah, about. It's not going to sort itself out. They don't yeah. take their arguments. Uh, they don't they don't apply the that same line of thinking to any other scenario. You know what I mean? They don't they don't say, "Well, then why are we paying people to to for their employment? Why why do we stop at 40 hours? Why don't we just have everyone work 100 hours a week?" Mm-hmm. You know, why do we give them any holidays? Why do we they, they don't do that. They're perfectly fine to accept those liberal policies. Yeah, did well, I Oh, the, say the libertarian ideal is pretty much that the, the market will sort itself out and everything will be taken care of. Yeah. Yeah. Like the invisible but, hand of the market. Yeah. The invisible hand I'll of the market. with my wallet. But what if the invisible hand of the market decides you're the one that no longer gets served? Yeah. Or, or that you live in a place where there's one place to get a certain thing. Yeah. Where, like you live in rural bumblefuck South, South Dakota, Tennessee. <laughs> and okay. south like south south to to Dena, dakota Oklahoma, <laughs> and there's there's one fucking barbershop there's one restaurant there's one hardware store there's one grocery store and you're a black person living in that town and all of a sudden all of those places are just like no we're not gonna serve black people yeah fuck you go away we're not gonna serve you anymore what do you do and then, then the one grocery store gets taken over by an African American family, and they say, "Guess what? No more white people can shop here." Uh, libertarian yeah. policies were have already been tested in this country. They were they were in full effect during the Industrial Revolution. We had oh, yeah. children Kids. working, working overtime for yeah. three dollars a year. You know, it was unbelievable pollution because there was no government to overreach and put regulations on the on the amount of. Stuff they could just blow in the air. Door, all the, all doors the, locked all the, from the outside, so you couldn't even leave your fucking workstation yeah. when the place caught fire. Yeah, all the all the fat cat owners were making millions of dollars off child labor and pregnant women, not paying them anywhere near what they were worth. Couldn't even give them a living wage. Wouldn't give them a living wage, and polluted the shit out of the country. All because we just decided, well, the people who have the stuff get to make the rules. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, and that's what happens. And who, I don't I don't I don't know why anybody can can have a, a a viewpoint that is like, well, whoever's running a corporation has our best interest in mind and we should just <laughs> let them do it. Yeah. Let and, them set the rules. And you know who you can thank for it no longer being like that? Progressives. Wisconsin. Unions. And the unions. Yeah. Wisconsin had the first unions that fought for uh, pay, child labor laws, and uh, Saturdays and Sundays off. Yeah, these are progressive policies. Yeah, and and now now Wisconsin has fallen so far. Yeah. from those now, lofty now, ideals. Now we got Paul Ryan who says <laughs> fuck the unions and Scott Walker. Yeah, uh, yeah. I I had a I had an argument with a really good friend of mine years ago. We we had gone out to coffee. Atheists of Utah used to do a coffee chat every Thursday. We'd gone out to coffee, and then we would always go out for drinks and then sometimes food afterward. And we went to a sushi place after after going to coffee. And we're just sitting there talking while we're waiting for our food, having a couple drinks and whatever. And I can't even remember what got us started on the topic. And I said something about unions and that, you know, I was happy to be a member of the union at yeah. the IRS where I work now. And, and he, and he said something like unions are the most corrupt bullshit thing that we've ever come up with. And I'm like, were they more bullshit and corrupt than the reasons that they were created in the first place? Right. Like they didn't, they didn't come into existence because life was fair and peachy for everybody. Yeah. But all I said was really, are they more corrupt than 
the businesses and the actions that were going on that led to their creation in the first place. Dude, he stood up out of his chair and started screaming and pointing and yelling at me. That's the stupidest fucking argument I've ever heard. I can't believe you just fucking said that. And I was like, calm down. <laughs> I don't know why you're but, so pissed off right now. But I want an answer. But I just, I asked a question like, do you think they just materialized out of thin air? There was no reason to create yeah. these unions in the first place. And he was really pissed off at me the rest of the night. And then the next day sent me a bunch of text messages apologizing. It's like, yeah, I kind of was wrong. <laughs> well, I don't even know that if he said that he was wrong, but he he apologized for the manner in which he, he chose to address the, yeah. what, the disagreement. Because it was way, <laughs> way over the top, like overreaction. Was he watching Fox News that week? I don't know. He's a business owner. So yeah. maybe that played into it a little bit. Yeah, maybe he treats his employees well. Yeah, he does. He actually treats his employees really, really well. But he's, he's well, I won't say a one-off, but the majority of large corporations that employ the vast majority of people aren't very nice to their employees, like fucking well, Walmart. Nobody, yeah. nobody starts a business because they just really, really, really want to collect a whole bunch of strangers and give them shit. Yeah. That's not the goal. The goal is to, to make money. The goal is to hoard as much money as they can. That's what they're doing, you know, and the re and the reason why we know that is because they don't ever stop. <laughs> they, they put, they put stores up all over the, they way more money than they would ever need. You open three or four Walmarts. You're fine. You're fine. You live comfortably. No, yeah. They put them all over the world. McDonald's, Burger Bell, all over the world. They never, never stop. Well, then you, you brag about, Hey, we made this much more money in this quarter than we did last quarter. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. So they don't have our best interest in mind. We need to have another entity that's bigger and more powerful that says, this is what you can do. This is what you can't do. This is, you know, this is what you have to do, blah, 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 or else they fucking won't. Yeah. And then when the government wouldn't step in and help out workers, workers stood up for themselves and said, all right, well, we're going to organize ourselves. Yeah. And you're going to do these things or we're not going to work in your factories anymore. We're not going to work in your well, companies anymore. A lot and of so people you're going to have to figure out what the fuck you're going to do without anybody to yeah. do the work that needs to be done to run your company. There were people killed during those, those, uh, yeah. walkouts though. Yeah. Yeah. There were, they're shot. Yeah. Beaten. Murdered. Yeah. <laughs> by their employer. Yeah. Yeah. It happened. Uh, but we're much better off where we are yeah. now. I mean, cause they fought that fight. And yeah. Unions are, are the reason we have 40 hour work weeks, eight hour days, uh, well, and then they're also the reason why we have, you know, four 10 hour shifts or swing yeah. shifts or you overtime. get differential pay, overtime pay, sick pay, yeah. holiday pay, vacation Still time. Still working on maternity leave. In some places, yeah. Well, it's not, it's not a guaranteed. Yeah. It's a company by company. Yeah. Well, and, and all of these places aren't guaranteed for all of these things, but they're what led to all of these different things. Like, a 40 hour work yeah. week. And I, I think most of those rights are guaranteed. Most of the things we just kind of covered are pretty much guaranteed in the workforce. If you're a full-time employee. Yeah. Are now, are now law, but they weren't, law. Before. they weren't before. Yeah. If you're part-time, they can still fuck you. Yeah. All right. We got more stories to cover. Let's do those. Okay. My name is Mandisa Thomas and I am the founder and president of Black Nonbelievers Incorporated here in Atlanta, Georgia. You may find us at blacknonbelievers.org. You can also find me on Patreon at patreon.com backslash Mandisa Latifa. And you are listening to The Godless Revolution. Religions 
undermine respect for evidence. Religions harm societies by disfavouring evidence in in favour of faith, preferring mass hysteria, superstition, priestly authority and the propagation of beliefs by cultural conditioning over controlled, careful, circumspect, public, unbiased inspection. If you have questions, comments, concerns, compliments, corrections, criticisms, or concepts for content, contact the show via email at godlessrevolution at gmail.com, by text or voicemail at 330-81-REBEL, or Twitter the twatter at TGR Podcast. Thank you! This story comes to us from Church and State. Headline says, Pastor claims he has seen aborted fetuses hug Jesus in heaven. Mm. Oh, really? Did he have a, a, a an NDE? A near-death experience? Oh, I'm just wondering how big them fetuses got in heaven to actually give a hug. <laughs> I don't think they can really... Yeah, how do you how do you hug like, a, f- a tiny little fetus? Yeah, I'm like, what if it's just like... What if it's, yeah. <laughs> oh. uh, says the pastor Jesse Duplantis. I'm hoping that's the right way to say it, but Duplantis. I don't really care. Duplantis is a religiate of epic proportions on par with the likes of Kenneth Copeland and the godfather of incomprehensible religiosity, Pat Robertson. One small difference makes this pastor, in scare quotes, even more deserving of the ridicule of those who use their brains. He claims to have been in heaven, seen everything there in detail, and to have all of the answers that the mentally disturbed faithful ask of him. (laughs) In fact, he is now claiming that heaven takes on all aborted babies as well as any child who dies before the, quote, age of accountability, end quote. Speaking on aborted fetuses, he says any child the world rejects, heaven accepts. Okay, that is kind of odd. Does that mean the children that the Almighty does not allow to be born and therefore rejected by God himself are not accepted? That was probably mm. just an oversight in his presentation, right? Well, also, if that's the case, then kill your babies as soon as they're born. Yeah. Yeah. Or, they, or they abort them all. Yeah, abort them all. Abort them all. straight to heaven. And so you should be so pro-abortion, it's crazy. Because <laughs> they go right to heaven. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here's the rub. If the children who die are in the same looking body as they were when they died, or they wouldn't have appeared as children hugging Jesus in heaven, then what kind of heaven is there for a fetus? Yeah. Yeah, that mm. is a very good point. Uh, most abortions happen when fetuses are unrecognizable as humans, just basically a bunch of cells. How does a bunch of cells hug Jesus? Yeah. But he has seen these kids hugging Jesus in the new heaven. New heaven? That he just can't wait to get back to because there are because going there the first time just made him a millionaire on earth, totally <laughs> rejecting biblical principles of austerity and poverty being the best way to serve the Lord. I guess, though, that the irony of an angry Jesus in the Bible throwing the riches of the temple and flogging rich priests is lost on this rapture-seeking troglodyte. I just We skipped over New Heaven. Was there a remodel? Did he move to a new location? <laughs> Did he, you know, just upscale a little bit? It's just got new paint and carpeting. I mean, we call it New Heaven, but really it's oh, the okay. same old heaven. It just looks, it's been refurbished a little bit. Okay. Seriously, this is a this is a one or the other thing. Either there are children in heaven because they died as children, or they get new bodies that are at their prime, meaning no children. This charlatan is claiming not only are all bodies made new, there are children in heaven, including fetuses, who are stuck at the age they were at death, which is clearly paradoxical and completely insane. Gross and inane, 
Watch this horrifyingly energetic fraud speak about his favorite fantasies here. Loading. Now I want to answer a few more of these great questions about heaven that you've been sending in. What I love about the technology, people just send them in. I wish I could answer every one of them. I don't mean to sound prideful. I have an answer for every one of them. <laughs> I don't mean to sound prideful. I don't mean to sound prideful, but I'm going to sound prideful right now and tell you that I have an answer for each and every one of them. Because that's just me. I'm a uh, smart motherfucker. <laughs> one of them. That's not the issue, but do complaints on television. We try to get as many as we possibly can. So let's go into this great segment. It's, it's, it's titled Ask Jesse, where you send the Ask Jesse? That was very uh, original. <laughs> it's titled Ask Jesse. Ask Jesse. That's what I heard. <laughs> He's, uh, Jesse's going to ask you to put his ass in a new plane. <laughs> Where you send the questions and I give the answers. You ready to learn something today? Let's go do it right now, okay? Watch this. Watch this. Ask. Oh, it's ask. Ask Jesse. Not ask Jesse. He's trying to be hip. (laughs) Ask Jesse. From Andrew, he writes this. In Revelation 21, verse 2, it says, There's a new heaven and a new earth. Why is a new heaven necessary? Will it be different from the one you saw? Let me tell you why. Let me back that up because it has the Bible passage here. Revelation 21.2. Let's look that up, shall we? See if, see if that's what it actually says. Uh, I want to see here. Revelation 21.2. There's also the before and after. And according to the King James Version of the Bible, it says, And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. So that wasn't a new heaven. He saw Jerusalem, Uh a new city on earth. The holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven. that has nothing to do with heaven. Do you think that this that sometimes they just say whatever the fuck they want I and think say so. and like put up a biblical passage like refer to this and they never feel they never figure Nobody's people will ever actually go and look at it to see what it says except for atheists and that doesn't really matter. Yeah. <laughs> try a different version. Try the new international version. Okay, let's see. If we go Oh yeah, we don't want the King James version. Let's try the NIV cuz that's one that a lot of people are using these days. What did right? I say? That's what you said. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. New international version. And that says, I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. The only thing that changed was beautifully. Yeah. Uh, so that doesn't say new heaven. No. Uh, it says new Jerusalem, which I would think would be a new Jerusalem on earth. Yeah. Yeah, it, so the question was in Revelation 21-2, it says there is a new heaven and a, and a new earth. No. No, it doesn't say, say about either new earth. of that. It basically say says, new heaven, yeah. hey, guess what? We traveled over here. You found a new city. Whoa. <laughs> From the one you saw. Let me tell you why it's necessary. Because the stain of sin is on this planet. Satan was on the earth when he sinned. So what about heaven? He went in to why cause you- a revolution. Yeah, yeah, what about Satan? And... Why did God make Satan in the first place? Or why did he even give him the address to the earth? <laughs> it's like, hey, homeboy, uh, made this new planet. It's got these people on it. Don't fuck with them. Yeah. But here's the address. Go, and if go God check it is, out. And if God is much more powerful than Satan, then why doesn't he just fucking get rid of him? No, he's got to be there to teach you people some There's important lessons. There's a plan lessons. in place. Yeah. He went in to cause a revolution. 
God has to give us a new heaven and a new earth. Man, we starting all over. It's going to be blessed. And the one I saw is the one that it's already been created waiting on us. My God, I can't wait till I go back. <laughs> oh, I can't wait till you go so, back either. So <laughs> how I'm so confused by that. Huh. So old heaven was basically just God hanging out in his house by himself because he hadn't created his human creatures yet to come join him in heaven. Sure. But then he created two human beings and Satan. Uh-huh. Send them both down here. Satan yeah. did something wicked. Ain't nobody gone to visit heaven yet because Adam and Eve are still here. Right. But then since Satan did something wicked. And they were they were immortal at the time before, yeah. before they ate of the tree of knowledge. He had to go and fucking scrap that whole place and build a whole new one. Huh. But nobody came to visit yet. It sounds like some really shitty planning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go back. It's going to be a blessing of the Lord. Here's another question from Sheila. She says this. Will children and babies go up in the rapture? Yes. All children, all babies, people that are of, of age, they're not of age of accountability. You understand what I'm saying, Sheila? Think about it. What, you know, what age does he think is the age of accountability? Because to the Mormons, it's eight years old. I thought it was, what is, I thought it was like four or five in the Bible. I don't know. I thought I thought according according to Mormons, it's eight years old yeah. that, because that's when they get baptized. But in that's the, the age of accountability. I thought with the the uh, the Jewish religion, you weren't counted on the census until you were at least four or something like that. Uh, and that was the age of I don't know accountability according to Jewish law, because the government counts you as a person. Now well, no, God well, it wasn't the government, too. but it was yeah. the Jews would count you. probably because hey, if they make it to four, they're going to make it to five. If they made it to three, we don't know if they're going to make it to four. So we ain't going to count him in yet. <laughs> with the with the mortality rates, what they are, we really need to wait a little bit longer. We'll, we'll, we'll wait four years. You're still basically cooking. <laughs> I'm saying, Sheila, think about that. My God. I mean, God don't lose babies, even aborted babies. If the world don't accept them, God accepts them. And Well, like Matt said, just abort them all then. Yeah. Then they're all automatically going to heaven. Or if you have a baby and you're worried like, oh, fuck. I think he might go to hell. Better kill him. <laughs> you ain't accountable yet. Uh-huh. Yep. God accepts him and brings him in the very presence of who he is. It's come. Oh, man. It's going to be a wonderful time. Here's another question from a person named Sherry. She says this. When we get to heaven, can we touch Jesus? Yes. Can no, we you- actually go up to him and hug him? Yes. And can we speak to him? Yes. That's what's so wonderful I about heaven. I thought the Bible says we- you can't. Well, while you're here on Earth, but this is after when you're transported to wherever the fuck heaven is. I thought that was only Jesus you got to encounter with. That you can. Well, that's who she's asking about is oh, Jesus. I, I thought it was God. No, she said Jesus. But them. Can we talk to Jesus? Can we touch Jesus? But we don't know which kind of Christians they are. If they believe God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit are all the same motherfucker. Holy Spirit. The Holy Spout. Yeah. <laughs> well, some Catholics look for Holy Spouts all the time, but it's a different story. <laughs> about heaven we can't do that now in these what i call adam like bodies here these are natural bodies but you'll be able to come up to him and hug him and just bless him i saw that i saw children run run up to jesus and just grab him in that night it was you so fucking liar because you see what's God. He, he's absolutely lying and why so do when you die that's that's it like where, where whatever you were when you died, like you're a vampire, right? If you, oh, yeah. when you become a vampire, if you're a child and you become a vampire, you're gonna be a child forever. Yeah. And in heaven, apparently, if you die as a child, you're gonna be a fucking child forever. 
And if you go to heaven as a vampire, you're fucked. So I bet it's fucking bright as shit. Well, and how many old people are super fucking pissed off that like, I died because my body gave out on me. I couldn't do a fucking thing. And now in heaven, that's how I'm going to spend eternity. Fuck that. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be weird if you had Alzheimer's. Yeah. And again, what a terrible yeah. fucking plan. Yeah. In him will be it liquid. Liquid anointing inside that new body of yours. It's going to be great. Glory to God, you don't want to miss it. Here's <laughs> from a person named Kathleen. She says, does it make a difference whether their body has been buried or cremated? That is a great question. I'm wondering how to answer that specifically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I just said that there are children in heaven and there are regular age people, not old people, I mean, and then there may be old people. And so what about burn people? Oh my, this is a sticky yeah. wicket. Well, what if he burned? What if he died in a fire? This is quite the pickle. I'm going to have to try to decide what I'm going to say right now. No, it doesn't. I used to hear people say this. If you're cremated, something's wrong with that. Let me. I remember my family being LDS. They were very, very, very against anybody being cremated forever because when Christ returns, he's going to restore your body. You know, he's going to bring you up out of the grave and restore you, whatever. And if you're cremated, there's nothing left to restore because yeah. it's just and, all ash. And, and if you get buried, there ain't much left to restore either. He, just yeah, he just doesn't have anything to work with. And then my uncle died in a fire with third degree burns <laughs> over 90% of his body. And it was yeah. like, well, He's I guess maybe we could already. be, I guess maybe people could be cremated and it's not such a big deal. Yeah. Wait, yeah. so there's something Jesus couldn't do? Yeah. Yeah. Apparently for my family, at least, and I think. I don't think it's limited to my LDS family. I think it's a, I think it was an LDS teaching for a while that you shouldn't be cremated because it makes work it's harder too hard for to God. Pay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think. Dude, he just needs to get a fucking dust buster. <laughs> <laughs> just use some water, man. It's basically you're just yeah. powdered person, right? Just throw a little yeah, water in there, water. mix it around. I want to get cremated and put just add water on the box. <laughs> non dairy cremated. Tell you something. Didn't God start with dust? Didn't he start with dirt? So if he started with dirt and made Adam, he can certainly take care of you've had a person and your family cremated. So you ain't got to worry about that kind of stuff. Let me tell you something, you're dealing with God. He can do anything. Glory to God. He can. <laughs> a wonderful time at the throne. Maybe we should. You want to answer our question? No. Well, we could send in questions to see if he would maybe answer them. But I don't know, just the whole ridiculousness of that. Well, like I said, in, in particular contrasted with my own family's beliefs until my uncle actually died. Yeah. It, it was one of those moments in my life that I look back on and go, well, yeah, that's just fucking stupid. Yeah. How How is it that nobody thought of this until it happened to a member of the family? Yeah. And how many other things haven't happened yet? To make them think well, about right. that. Yeah. It's like the thing Matt was talking about last week with the bombings during World War II. It wasn't close enough to you before. Yeah. Now it hit you right at home. Yeah. Fucking just people people being unable to show empathy and think about what it would be like to live in another person's shoes. To actually do that. To, to go through the things that they've had to experience their entire lives and are still going through. And just... Being like, ah, I don't really care because it doesn't yeah. affect me personally. Yeah, libertarianism. <laughs> <laughs> a 
Well, that'll wrap it up for us this evening. For the regular portion of the show, we'll move into the Patreon portion where we where we will be covering more news stories that have happened throughout the last week or two. And I'm guessing we may talk about North Korea and Trump and Kim Jong Un speaking to each other. As we sit here, we've got we've got the news playing in the background here, so we can make sure that there's no nuclear weapons thrown around while we're doing the show. Uh, but yeah, that should be fun. Before we go, I want to make sure that we thank our Patreon supporters. That would be Vanessa, Michelle Short, Christy Kalbach, Numania, Alan Fur, Mary Wilson, Two Skeptical Chaps, Let the Miko Fefe, Stephen Andrus, The Foz, Janet Uter, Jeff Peterson, Marius Kot Butrakowski, Utah Outcast, Megan Kennedy, Andrew Vodapich, Randy Hamrick, Jeremy Goodson, Angelica Pearson, Wesley Aaron, Savita Kuna, the Purple Dragon. And Taylor Gran. Thank you all very much. I really appreciate it. Uh, if you value the things that we're doing, if you like listening to the show, we would greatly appreciate it if you could show us uh, how much you like it through monetary donations to the show. If you can't, give us gifts of money. Then it would also be great if you could share the show with your friends. Talk about it. Post about it. Uh, share links around. Comment. Like. Subscribe. And send us messages, rate us on whatever platform you happen to be listening to your podcasts on. Give us five stars. That would be awesome. We would greatly appreciate it. It lets other people uh, know that the show exists a bit more. Builds builds our notoriety, Base. I guess, maybe. I don't know. I'm not looking for notoriety. Visibility. builds. Yeah. It increases our visibility yeah. for other people uh, who may also be interested in the things that we are talking about. And so until next week. Crucify those babies before they grow into full-size adults and Jesus can't hug them as easily. Fuck, that's really <laughs> close to mine, but I'm going to say it every, anyway. <laughs> every time you leave a review, God hugs a fetus. And rate the show five <laughs> times a day toward new heaven. <laughs>
Yeah, that's odd. I'm not sure what's going on there. Let's, ooh. Boy, that's a bad idea. <laughs> well, they, the blips got bigger there. Don't touch that knob anymore. <laughs> you guys mind if I practice the recorder real quick? <laughs> while we're waiting. <laughs> well, it'll go nice with the slide whistle. Yeah. I saw we got more comments on the uh, Jordan Peterson one saying, you need to watch this video. Yeah, I just removed that one, too. Did you? <laughs> <laughs>